Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Big thanks to Tony Breyer for jumping in studio even here on Inside Sports this fine Wednesday night in the capital region, northern Alberta, Edmonton as it's more colloquially known. David Elliott is a name that you may or may not be familiar with. He's actually already in the Guinness Book of World Records. He's a marathon runner, has been for a long, long time now. In fact, uh, on paper, is probably the most fit person I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a list of 100 completed triathlons, seven completed marathons. It's an extensive athletic resume for David Eliak. But what's maybe most impressive here is the fact that he's not only going to run a marathon on Sunday when the Edmonton Marathon takes place, but David's going to do it while wearing the most T-shirts ever worn during a marathon. This is an interesting record. It's a record that I wouldn't even have considered, and yet the record right now sits at 54 T-shirts worn while running a full marathon. It was achieved uh, by uh, someone by the name of David Smith out of the UK back in uh, March of 2022. 54 T-shirts is the record. And this man that we're going to be joined by next, he's going to try for 70. David, you are on the air on Inside Sports with Brendan tonight. How's it going? David, do we have you? Uh, yeah. Hey. How are you doing? Yes, we do. I'm doing well. There Thank we go. You. <laughs> Hi. Perfect. Um, so, my goodness, this is a, it's an awesome story. And I, I have to first ask, the genesis of this idea, this this one in particular, obviously not the first one. You are the record holder uh, for the half marathon, David. So, like, what? Where did this idea spur from for you? Started about two years ago, and I was just scrolling through Guinness looking for different running records that existed, and. I came across the half marathon record and um, the, the individual that actually holds the marathon record at the time held the half marathon record. And there was a picture of him running and he just looked ridiculous. Uh, I think at the time he had 80 shirts on or 75 or 80 shirts on and he just looked ridiculous and it just kind of made me smile. And at the time we were, you know, the world was still kind of coming out of COVID, but still in COVID a little bit. And there was, a lot of negativity that was happening uh, around the world and and locally and once i started once i got my my mind set on doing this and started training for it the looks that i were getting and that i was getting when i was training and the smiles um, that i was getting and the comments from my my run family that was helping me train was was really uplifting and it was just a, a good news a good news story something happy um when there was a lot of stuff going on uh, back in the fall of 2021. Well, I got to tip my cap to you for for championing that sort of just positive energy at a time where not many people are trying to prioritize that sort of thing. So when it comes to the T-shirts, David, are you, do you work your way up? Or are you applying a bunch of smalls in the first place, graduating up to a, a double extra large? How, how does the stacking of the shirts work? Yeah, so for the marathon, um, it's a little bit easier because I'm not doing nearly as many as the half marathon. But, uh, yeah, I am stacking, um, starting at medium, and then my top layers are uh, 4X. 
That is incredible. So I, yeah. I, I'm sure we're all in, envisioning some sort of Michelin man-esque figure right now. The limitations of that, I, I can only imagine the restriction of the upper body movement. When you talk about, you know, training, you're essentially training with, you know, I guess, could you ballpark how much extra weight that you think this is? Uh, for the marathon, it's I'm looking between 25 to 30 pounds. Oh, wow. So uh, how do you go about training for something like that? I've seen athletes do things like oxygen deprivation, that sort of thing. But in this instance, what does it look like for you? It really, it's just putting the shirts on and going for runs and, and getting used to it. Um, I, I started... I, I ran an ultra marathon down in the crow's nest past in early July. So that, that was kind of got me ready for my distance training. So I wasn't as concerned about that leading up to the marathon this weekend, but the the t-shirt training is another aspect of it that I started shortly after um, that race in, uh, in the crow's nest. And it's just like a gradual every week or every week to 10 days, I'll add, 10 more shirts or 12 more shirts or seven more shirts just to kind of get used to the weight and the restriction and then kind of bump up to the next level and gets me to a point where my longest training run was 35 kilometers in 65 shirts. Holy smokes, that is, that is incredible stuff. I, I can't even fathom that. I mean, anybody listening right now is huffing and puffing and sweating at the thought of, of you know, any of that in a normal setting. So, but I, I mentioned like this is the, the running, the cross country aspect of the long distance running. That's not new to you, David, obviously something you've been doing for what, 30 years now? Yeah, like I ran my first cross country race when I was in elementary school. Uh, I've I've been trail running seriously and doing ultra distance races since about 2017. Um, focusing on marathoning running since about 2014, 2015. So, yeah, running's running's nothing new, and that was after a 10 year triathlon career. Uh, once I finished high school, so uh, it's always been an athletic lifestyle for me and it's just morphing into different different areas uh the last few years especially with uh with the guinness attempts chatting with david eliak and uh edmonton marathon participant it goes this sunday uh david obviously a very driven aspect to your personality when you talk about the training that required the discipline i suppose that was uh, is required to do something like a marathon certainly a triathlon etc and then the drive that you have to now be a world record holder where is where is the motivation for you can I ask you uh, what your why is for this sort of thing so the original idea was you know who wouldn't want to be the best in the world at something and there's there's thousands of, of, of records out there that are, are achievable um, you just kind of have to find your own um, so when I achieved the the half marathon record uh, I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be really cool to hold both of the running in t-shirt records at the same time, to hold the half marathon record and the marathon record at the same time. So that kind of led my drive to to want to pursue the, the marathon record uh, this summer. And you're not looking to just beat it by one. You're looking to go well up and above and beyond the uh, 54 and uh, and really set a new mark here. Such a, a fun story, David. You're a father of three uh, as well. I wonder what the family thinks about this endeavor. 
Yeah, well, yeah, after the after the half marathon, my kids were at the finish line. They actually ran the last 100 meters with me through the finish line. Um, yeah, they think it's really cool. Um, I just like, you know, if, if I can inspire them to do something different or something outside the box, then, you know, I've, I've done what I can. And after, after the half marathon and I broke the record, they, they kept asking me, they're like, well, what if somebody breaks your record? Are you going to, are you going to do it again? And my response to them, I was like, you know, records are meant to be broken. If, if people aren't trying to achieve better things, then we'd just be stagnant all the time. So I have no problem losing the record to, to somebody because that's, we're just we're all striving to be better chatting with uh, david elliott here david what do you think is going to be the biggest uh, sort of obstacle here that you're overcoming whether it be now in training or something you could encounter sort of on the way uh, what do you think might be a, a bit of adversity that you could see it's going to be hot <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my biggest concern um coming into a summer edmonton marathon is that the potential for very warm temperatures is is very real um so yeah like it's going to be hot um a lot of my training runs i've had to uh, make sure that i have access to a water source every four or five kilometers just so that i can maintain the hydration uh as i'm going and you know the the course is going to have hydration i think they have a hydration station every three kilometers or so um so that's going to be great i've been experimenting with ice packs um and putting them close to my body and um and things like that but the the restriction isn't as bad as the half marathon um and i still have decent mobility so that i can at least feed myself and hydrate myself uh, along the way on the marathon course but yeah it's i it's it's hot it's it's really warm um when i'm post run i i it's really gross to be honest with you <laughs> those those bottom layers are are really gross so um i'm hoping you know the marathon has a a really nice opportunity where athletes can start a little bit earlier if they think that they're going to be um slower than the projected time cut off so um i've talked with race organizers and i'm being allowed into that uh, that category. So starting at six o'clock in the morning instead of seven uh, will give me an extra hour of cool temperatures that will hopefully make it a little bit, a little bit easier near, near the end of the race finishing, you know, hopefully around 11 or 1130 instead of 12 or 1230 will, will make quite a big, quite a big difference. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as having this record certified by uh, Guinness, you would know the process, certainly being a record holder already, just uh, what is it going to be like for you here getting this verified? How does that work? It's quite, quite extensive. Um, but like you said, you know, I've gone through the process a couple times now. Um, they do require a lot of evidence and rightfully so. Um, there's uh, witness statements that are required from people that uh, assist me on course or help me on course. Um, videos of the course, videos of um, the official count at the finish line. Um, official results, any of my um, GPS data, run data. Uh, that I use, um, they want all of that. Um, there's some information from the race directors themselves, uh, how the course is measured, that it's a legitimate race and not just something I'm doing in my backyard. So they do have uh, quite a few standards, um, but there's also rules 
with the shirts themselves and the qualification. Um, I have a six hour time limit to complete the marathon in. Uh, none of the shirts can be altered. I can't rip them or tear them or anything like that. Um, I have to prove that they're commercially available. Um, so I'm not making these t-shirts out of three pieces of thread and calling it a t-shirt. <laughs> um, so yeah, like there's, there's definitely some rules um, that I need to follow, but that's just kind of, kind of the process of how they, they approve it. Cause they've got, like I said, they've got thousands and thousands of records and they want, uh, they want them to be legitimate. So interesting stuff, David, this has been a lot of fun learning about uh, your story and I wish you all the best of luck on Sunday when this unfolds, certainly looking forward to following up uh, as well. Once you get this done. Okay. Thank you so much. appreciate it. Definitely. That's David Eliak uh, participating in the Edmonton Marathon while wearing, how many t-shirts did he say? 70. I would like to think that I don't own 70 t-shirts, but I think my girlfriend would probably call me out on that. I, I suspect that there might be a conversation to be had on that front. 748 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, one last time. We'll take a break on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, it's been a great show. Appreciate you spending some time with me this evening. Again, we've got football on the airwaves tomorrow night, so you can't get rid of me. You're only going to get me in a different form. That is the host of the Countdown to Kickoff show, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell have the play-by-play call. Elks and Tiger Cats at 5.30. Some rumblings online here about a potential Oilers PTO, but nothing official yet. It wouldn't be a surprise. Let's just say that. It's a name you've heard. A name you've heard talked about on these airwaves. Maybe not necessarily the show, certainly on Bob's show. Um, But again, I won't say anything until it's officially official. So you can go to your own sleuthing online. Okay, Friday. As I mentioned, I'm still in the driver's seat of this one. John Lentz, an Edmonton product, uh, an NLL player. If you're a lacrosse fan, he needs no introduction. He's a teacher. He's a coach. He is uh, leading the... uh, Now I'm going to botch the name. The Mountaineers? No, that's... Boy, I've done it now. Well, I'll tell you what. They're hosting the Minto Cup. Junior A Lacrosse Championship (laughs) is in town. Starting on Sunday, John Lentz is going to set it all up might throw a right hand at me for not knowing the name of that that's okay i deserve it blake dermott likely to swing by to recap that elks game as well we'll have some time on the on the on the uh, airwaves as well the uh hotline which here is sponsored by certain teed we'll get your uh thoughts on anything in the sporting world maybe some oilers news by that point certainly some elks news they go into battle against a hamilton side that knocked them off in week six some uh, some changes needing to be implemented, maybe more so than we've seen in that last game. Let's let's see Trey Ford with the reins let loose. Let's see Jarius Jackson looking down the field, and let's see them feeding Eugene Lewis. Let's see that. Let's see the very expensive offseason acquisition get those targets that we've all been waiting for him to get. Kenny Lawler, when he was uh, you know reinserted into that game uh, with the Winnipeg lineup, 
The one-handed catch he made in Edmonton. It shows the difference that a one big playmaker can make. The Edmonton Elks just got one back. Maybe that'll kickstart something here as the second half of the season begins tomorrow. Bob has uh, Oilers now tomorrow at noon. We, once again, will have a countdown to kickoff show at 4 o'clock, 5.30 game time. And then we're back on Friday doing the inside sports thing. Thanks so much to Kellen Kennedy. He's been keeping this thing on the rails this evening on the other side of the glass. Tony Brar for jumping in here. Dave Campbell for joining us. Halen Knoll, the West Coast League's Pitcher of the Year. Big thanks to him. Hope he's enjoying his time in Toronto. And of course, David Elliott, we just heard from as well. Brendan Escott saying so long and good night from the 630 Chad Studios.